Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic. We are on the air with your host, Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist with Jeff. I'm Paul Cronforce, WIBA Madison and WISN in Milwaukee. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm fantastic, but I'll I'll get better to (laughs) to borrow a line that I've heard from you. I love it. Yeah, it's a great day. We got a we've got a guest in studio, Jeff. You have a guest. We've got the sexy segment. We've got the boss minute coming right. up with Aaron Kowal. And of course, we're live, so you can call in with any retirement questions at 799-1130. Let's talk about our guest. Well, this is you know, we do this maybe once a year, once every other where the whole show is like a sexy segment. Well, it's wealth management preservation for our listeners. It's, they know that the show is generally is for everybody, uh, but the, the wealth management preservation segment, the sexy segment, is for those with a million dollars or more. But uh, Steve Lasky is an attorney um, with Myrtle Wilkins and Campbell, a good good attorney, great firm. Um, uh, graduated from Marquette University and Marquette University Law School. Um, been practicing for over ten years. Morning, Steve. Good morning, Jeff. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Good to have you on the show. I thought it was interesting how you said you got interested in estate planning. Yeah, when I first got out of law school, I um, got a clerkship clerking for Judge Dwyer, who was was at that time um, sitting on the probate bench in Milwaukee County. And in Milwaukee County, the probate judges have a 50% civil calendar, 50% probate calendar. So I got a good cross-section of different types of law, different types of things I could do. And I uh, really kind of fell in love with the um, trust and estate side of the law. And the the exciting kind of area of estate planning. Yeah. Trust well, estate. Just start. So you started in literally the courtroom. Started literally in the courtroom. Yep. Yeah. Got some good experience. And um, I've, it, 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 it is, you know, you kind of joke a little bit, but it's, it is an interesting area of the law and always, uh, always new challenges. Laws change. Um, I think we'll talk about the estate tax a little bit today. Right. That's certainly developed um, over the years. Steve, anytime we talk about estate planning, anytime we talk about how to avoid probate, we hear about this a lot, Jeff. Uh, that's that's one big part of it. Yeah. And, and do you always want to avoid probate? Always is kind of a strong word. Uh, <laughs> the lawyers were always famous for saying kind of it depends. And yeah. that's, that's very true. I think a lot of folks, especially if they've, um, been through a probate proceeding for a loved one, um, can see some of the less attractive aspects of that, and so. But every case is different. Every right? case is different. So, every, so the, the the answer it depends is probably the the proper yep. answer. Yes. Uh, Attorney Steve Lasky, um, you you're with us the entire hour. So Jeff, as we get rolling, are we going to get into? Discussions of estate planning? Absolutely. So we welcome those questions? Absolutely. I mean, do uh, you have... Preserving your estate, protecting your estate from uh, uh, intruders like the government or 
uh, nursing homes, things like that. Um, I also want to talk, there's a, he does a thing called a cottage trust, which I think is pretty interesting that we want to start with. But yeah, any questions that you have about estate planning, about your situation. Or lack thereof. Sure, especially right? if you have a significant estate, uh, this is the guy to talk to because they, they are very uh, well groomed in that area. Um, Steve and uh, partner Terry Campbell works with a lot of our clients, so we're very familiar with their work. They do a great job. And, yeah, anything with regard to your estate and, and uh, gifting. Uh, when I said uh, lack thereof. I mean, no, or lack thereof. Yeah, True. you might not have a will or, or a trust, and you've got a family, and you might be interested in, in getting something started. Uh, and what's the difference between a will and the trust? We I think there's some confusion there. Or, and just how do you get started? What's the process? Estate planning questions are welcome. Attorney Steve Lasky is our guest. We've got more in the show as well, Steve. Uh, Steve. Jeff, the well, host. Steve knows already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as far as your role, Jeff, sexy segment coming up. Uh, we should just give a little background on the Kowal Investment Group. I mentioned WIBA Madison. You're now in Middleton, which is, is Madison, basically. And your other locations in Waukesha with the world headquarters, Port Washington. Yep. You are located in Phoenix, Arizona as well. That's right. And a new office opening up in Phoenix in, in Racine. And that's where Steve is going to be helping us a lot, too, because uh, 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 Myrtle Wilkins and Campbell has um, an office in Racine also, so. For our, for our clients down there. And we've got a website, thekowalway.com. You may hear of Aaron or Jeff or many of the people do the business updates, the market reports every afternoon on both stations. That's right. And uh, th- that's who does them, your staff. That's right. We have a, just a great team. And, and really, you bring up a great point because from top to bottom, everybody in our office talks the same thing. We talk a retirement planning. Estate planning is a big part of it. But on the radio show, on, on the market reports, Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock news block, uh, uh, and then the 5 o'clock news block, somewhere around 5.15-ish in the middle of Mark Belling's show, we give you one minute on what's driving the markets up or down this lately it's been a little bit more down than up but uh, up and down that particular day whether it's a government report or it's an earnings report what's happening in the market is uh, interest rates wherever whatever direction they're going um, so we give you one minute on what's going on there wrap it up with the Dow the S&P 500 and tech heavy Nasdaq all in one minute three o'clock and five o'clock news blocks on WISM Milwaukee and at 455 uh, with Vicki McKenna at WIBA in Madison. You've been doing those for how long in WISN? Since 97, so it's wow. 21 years already. And this show has been on since 2001. Correct. The Retirement Clinic show. Right. Uh, recently, we added Madison, WIBA. So we've got some new listeners, Jeff, in Madison, and, of course, regular listeners in Milwaukee here at WISN. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the kowalway.com. It's K-O-W-A-L. Um, and anybody can uh, from Madison or, or, uh, or Mequon, Port Washington, Racine, Random Lake, anybody can go on. Like and uh, random like your hometown. He picks random lake just because that's where I'm from. Yeah, you know the town is only a thousand people. It's a very small. It's basically the lake and a couple streets around but it. But really, it's the hub. Doesn't everything around that area? It all funnels revolve through around random lake. Random lake. Of yeah, of course, pretty much so. It's in Sheboygan County. So yeah, your port office is very convenient if yep. you're anywhere in the North Shore. But the Coalway.com or else eight seven seven five six zero forty forty is the phone number there.
So the retirement clinic. Lines are open 799-1130. We'll start talking with Steve uh, in attorney. Estate planning uh, is the main topic. Yep. And as, as you have questions for Steve about estate planning or retirement-related questions, those are welcome as well. Give us a call. And officially, let's open these lines up. 799-1130 gets you through. Uh, Toll-free 800-838-9476 will get you through as well. And again, 799-1130 is the main number. For the retirement clinic. Uh, Steve, why don't we start with, why don't you explain the concept of the cottage trust and who it applies to, and I think this this is an interesting place to start. Sure. The concept of a, of a cottage trust has to do with um, folks who um, may have um, a second home or the family place up north um, that you use as kind of a vacation property. So this is not your primary residence, but it's a place that... You know, maybe has been in your family that you want to keep in your family, um, f- perhaps as, for as long as generations to come. Hence the name Cottage Hence Trust. Yep. Yes, <laughs> See how quick I am? <laughs> you are sharp, Paul. No <laughs> question about that. Can't get anything past me. And uh, so the idea is, is that we create a trust to hold title to this property. And then you, as the one who's creating the trust, um, can put in as many or as few um, directions as you want, particularly to your situation about how the property is to be used um, both now and later. So if, if, if the time comes and you're leaving the property, say to your three kids um, under the terms of the trust, who can sell the property, under what circumstances, who's responsible for paying the costs associated with you the can property. Dictate, you can dictate that in the trust. Yep. So the idea is to be as either specific or as general as you want particularly to your circumstances. Um, the other situation where this can work well in is if we're being foresighted enough. A lot of folks have some concerns about um, if they and or their spouse ever had a need for long-term care. Obviously, nursing homes are not inexpensive. Right. Um, usually under the Medicaid rules, the house you're living in, your primary residence is exempt, um, but uh, a second home would not be. So um, if we... If that's a concern for a particular client, this type of trust paired with this type of um, more asset protection piece um, can be an appropriate tool for the right situation. I think that's a great point because a lot of people are afraid that they're going to uh, that the that the nursing home is going to take all their money. Not only that, they're going to take their property. They're going to take everything, and that's really a, the motivation behind this is to add that is to protect that trust from those. Uh, types of things, long-term care, those are types of things that can devastate a retirement plan. But also, if you have some designs on your cottage up north or hunting property or second home anywhere, really. How detailed can we get with that? You said the use of the cottage. Mm-hmm. Can you get very specific who is to use it? You can get... You Maybe can. you got the black sheep in the family. You don't want <laughs> to be a part of it. And sometimes we see stuff like that. Yeah, we can get very specific or we can be very general. Everyone's family situation is is different, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think a general rule is, you know, the more specific we get in an estate planning document, the more sure we are that's going to happen. But the flip side is then we maybe have a little bit less flexibility to address changes in circumstances. So it's kind of a push-pull um, you know, depending I, on... Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about those competing objectives. And, and what about the main house? Let's say mom and dad have their home paid for. They've been in it 20 years. Mom and dad pass away. Mm-hmm. They've got a trust. What generally happens with, with family homes like that? Do you dictate it in that trust? 
I think again, it's a it's a family specific situation. Sometimes, um, maybe uh, mom and dad know that one of their kids had an attachment to it, to the house you grew up in, would like to keep the house, yep. raise their family in. So maybe it's a question of okay, if child one is going to get the house, how do we equalize amongst the other yeah. kids? What about order, me? Yeah, yeah so well, everyone gets a. So but that's a good point. Equalizing yeah. it, and the flip side of that is, what if you don't do anything? If you don't do anything, then the house, like anything else, would become a probate asset, and it would be controlled by Wisconsin's rules of intestate succession. Um, so not always the that long. Does that mean it's just sold? I mean, the house is sold, and no. So the there the statutes say if you die without a will or mm-hmm. an estate plan, who gets who gets your estate? Yeah. Um, often, if we're married, it's going to be your spouse. If you are the surviving spouse, it'll go to your kids if you have them. Um, but the process of getting um, from where you currently are to ultimately having everything distributed is the probate court. Yeah, and I think you know, it opens you up to a lot of fights too. If you don't, if you don't have it spelled out and you're not equalizing it, you can leave yourself open well, for well, a lot of fights too. A very common example would be one thing that a will certainly would do would say, "Here's the person who's going to be the executor of my estate." In Wisconsin, we call that a personal representative. But if you don't even have a, a simple will. And your estate goes through probate. If your kids aren't going to agree about who is going to be in charge of things, then we are kind of setting up right from the get-go with a fight. So, well, I can imagine. Like, well, mom told me when she was alive, she told me this, yeah. and then yep. he said, she said, gets into play, and there's a lot of. So, really, that's where the estate plan comes in. We got a lot to talk about. We've yeah. got a break, but let's sneak in this call that's before the that. break. Um, on WISN and WIB, if you're just tuning in, the Retirement Clinic, Jeff Kowal is your host. And, of course, we've got attorney Steve Lasky talking about estate plans. But we will take your retirement questions. We're on until 11 a.m. here on WISN. WIB is the following hour. Brian and Racine, go ahead. Good morning. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Way too early for me. <laughs> yeah, listen, um, I'm probably a different um, bird than what you got laying out there. But I have um, a little over four hundred thousand in Chase. I have about a hundred thousand in Johnson. I have four properties, two rentals, two condos. They're all paid for. Um, my income is maybe four grand a month. I I just don't know what to do. Are you retired, Brian? Yes, I'm retired. Okay. Yes. Well, just because in the interest of time, Jeff, I, I want to be fair. We might have to bring him back on, but we've got a break within two minutes. Okay. Let me, let me see. I think the I question can... is what to do, where what, to invest. What to do? Are you, are you talking about diversifying or what, what, what's your, what's your, what's the biggest problem with this? I did play with the market a couple of years ago. Don't, don't even like the market. Okay. So basically I got 500 grand sitting at 0.011%. Which I don't think is a good idea. I, I I would agree with that. There are a couple things. First of all, Brian, you have seem to have a lot of money tied up in real estate. That's not bad. You get regular income from it. Seems like you control it pretty well. You don't seem too stressed about that. What you seem to yeah. stress a little bit stressed about is the point one one percent. Yes. There are a couple of things that you can do that we're working with with short duration uh, bonds. That if you're looking for safety, um, that's a good way to go. Uh, and, and the last one was paying around two percent, two and a half percent. There are fixed annuities that right now, the good fixed annuities, not the uh, index annuities, the good ones are paying around 3.5% tax deferred. So those are, that's a good way to go if you're looking for safety. And a couple of the analysts that we follow, Jeff Sout and Brian Westbury, are now saying that um, 
you know, this the, the market could be oversold a little bit, so you might want to dip your toe a little bit in the stocks, uh, even though it, it, you may not like it, but maybe having a little bit in that uh, might be good for you. To avoid that point one one or whatever. That's right. That's uh, return. Right. And Brian, just to be fair, I'm going to put you on hold because I, I want to make sure that we helped you out. We, we are up against the clock, and we do have to take a break. And we've got to get to Aaron Kowal's boss segment as well and get back to our discussion with our guest attorney, Steve Lasky. So, Brian, just... Uh, be patient. We'll talk to you in just a minute off the air. Jeff, we'll sneak in our first commercial break, and then we're going to come back. Lines will be open. If you've got estate planning, trust, will questions, give us a call, 799-1130. And like Brian, our last caller, if you've got retirement-related questions, give us a call as well here on WISN and WIBA, 799-1130. We'll get you through to the retirement clinic, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Many business owners know how to accumulate wealth. They've been doing it for years, building up the assets in their business or investing the results of their hard work on the business. However, many business owners and individuals don't know what to do with it when it comes time to distribute their assets at death. There could be a lot of inefficiency when a business owner passes away and there was little estate planning work done, no work done, or the planning was done many years ago. Their business may be subject to many issues that can damage a legacy upon death. Ensuring that legacy takes a lot more than hoping it works out or telling people what you like to do. It requires the right tools. That tool could be a trust. With a lot of business owners, there are obstacles, but they can be overcome. As we've discussed in the past, the business owner is very frequently focused on the business and doesn't have time or want to put the time into thinking about and discussing his or her death. There are uncomfortable conversations to be had, and it can take time. But that time is far less time than the amount of time it, could, it took to build your successful business. The first step is to work with an advisor that is familiar with the challenges family business owners face and what unique issues you have. It will probably take more than a single advisor, a team that includes the advisor, tax expert, insurance expert, and an attorney, for example, should all be involved. We have that expert team when we meet with on a regular basis to review our family business owner situations and help address these issues from all angles. A trust can help ensure that your business goes where you want it to go. It allows you to have control over who gets an asset, can protect against creditors, avoids probate while keeping your financial situation private, and can help with transfer taxes. An irrevocable life insurance trust can help pay your estate taxes so your family does not need to worry about where the money will come from to pay those taxes and allows them to keep the business intact. If you're a family business owner, you need to take the time to sit down with a retirement and family business specialist and address these issues with someone who does it every day. A few hours spent on this can mean millions of dollars saved by your beneficiaries. Having it written out beforehand and communicated can also alleviate hurt feelings that unfortunately can ruin relationships. Address these issues now and help make sure the business you've worked so hard to grow will still be a great asset for future generations. Aaron Caldwell, uh, with today's uh, special segment, we call it the Boss Minute. That's for business owners, Jeff. And we're going to follow up on that on Aaron's segment because they talk about growing the business. And Steve, I mean, I thought he was going to jump out of his chair when he said, we're going to talk a little bit about businesses. He said, I, can, I got some stories for you. But, you know, what when you hear businesses, what's your experience with, with, with your business owners, their clients? Yeah, so my experience with business owners is... Um, we're on the planning side and then picking up pieces if maybe planning wasn't done the way it should have been done. So I help um, folks set up, you know, business owners set up 
uh, a, a succession plan. So um, whether it's a buy-sell agreement, um, terms of an operating agreement for your LLC. Um, but we work with a lot of, of businesses. Usually um, it's family-held or closely-held type businesses, so sometimes very even successful businesses. And unfortunately, what I see on a day-to-day basis is a lot of folks who are very good at running their business but maybe um, always find an excuse to put off uh, setting up setting up a plan for what happens if one of the business owners were to pass away. See, we have that experience with regard to retirement planning because a lot of the clients that we have, they're great business people and they create a lot of money. <clears throat> but do they? They don't always pay attention to retirement plans. They don't always, you know, they think that their business is going to be <clears throat> providing their income and their wealth forever, and it could be very true. But I'm surprised to hear you see some of the same stuff. We see it all the time, and you know the the sunny situations <clears throat> are where someone finally comes around and and sees the need for it, and we're able to get something in place. Oftentimes, though, it doesn't come, you know. It's, Till the business owner wants to sell the business, and then we find there really wasn't a lot of um, meat in the corporate documents through the years. And depending on who you're selling it to, uh, we have to add some of that structure as, as part of the the sale. So, what do you mean by that? Not a lot of meat in the. In the... Well, so if you if you have a if you have a, an S corp or an LLC, you know, really, especially if you have more than one owner, not related. Um, the management uh, operation of your business is really governed by. Uh, your corporate bylaws or the operating agreement, what you can and okay, cannot right. do, what does or doesn't require the consent of more than one owner or um, just generally how you operate your business on a day-to-day basis. And you're saying a lot of those companies don't have that agreement. Because sometimes it's a situation where it's just, you know, you, you start very small, cash is tight, you people build the, yep. build the empire slowly, and all of a sudden you have a very successful business. But you never quite got around to adding in um, the the documents that you need to protect against the event of one of the owners were to pass away. Um, what happens if you and your business partner have a disagreement and one of you wants out? You know what it sounds similar to, Steve? What you're describing is putting off the trust or the will as a family. It's very easy it, to do. It is. I mean, procrastination is a, our favorite thing in America, right? Put off taxes, everything. Especially because it's not necessarily the most fun thing to to focus on, and sometimes having a cost involved, having a cost or frank discussions can kind of bring some things to the surface that you would prefer to just let go. Now, um, see, I th- I think that this retirement plan is one of the most fun things you could possibly. <laughs> so why would you avoid that? That's why you got the job you got, right? Jeff? <laughs> I guess. But so. but, but they, isn't not once you do something, don't you always feel a bit like, oh, I should have done that sooner. That wasn't that difficult. Right. Whatever it is. And I think that's what Steve is saying because he says he's got companies or he's run into companies that have millions of dollars a year in revenue and they haven't done anything. Yep. So when you have something like that, what's the first step you take? The first step is always you kind of get the lay of the land, where are you at, and then what it is you're trying to get accomplished. So common things, especially if it's a business that is owned by more than one person, we want to make sure that your documents are providing clear and practical direction in the event of the death of a shareholder, the disability of a shareholder, because that's the type of thing that can really wipe out a business. It's if you don't have a succession plan and everything is on one guy, right? I mean, fortunately, we've addressed that in our company. But I can see, you know, years ago we saw that that was a potential problem. And a lot of times, you know, maybe you have a really great relationship with your business partner, but you don't really have and don't necessarily want to have a good relationship 
or any relationship with that business partner's family in the event that something happened to him or her. Um, And that's the situation you're going to be in if you don't have really clear directions about how we buy out a deceased owner's shares. Um, I I never thought that through. That makes so much sense, don't you? So it's unfortunate, but a deceased business partner. And now you're dealing with his or her family. Right, right. His wife... Maybe ex-wife or estranged wife or kids. Now or, they're involved. Uh, kids that are either involved or not involved, right? And you, yeah, you just never know, and every situation is different. And so the way we want to fix that, it's not a cookie-cutter answer, but what you want to make sure is that your documents are very clear about exactly what will happen in that event so that you're not really leaving folks with things to fight or disagree about. It's, what would that be called then? A secession plan? Yeah, it's, it, we, it depends on how your business is structured, whether we're putting this in a in a buy-sell agreement or your operating agreement, your corporate bylaws. But we want to make uh, – and then also another piece often is is um, if if we want to make sure that there are funds available um, to, to do this because a business can be successful but not necessarily have the cash on hand right. needed to, to buy out what – fair value of a, you know, half the company is without liquidating things, which we don't want to do. Um, so maybe making sure that appropriate uh, life insurance is in place and how yeah. do we structure ownership of that um, appropriate to, to this particular circumstance. So it's something that is very attainable. We can certainly help folks with this. And it's it's once you get through the process, it's, it goes really smoothly. Well, that's what you guys do. I mean, as mm-hmm. attorneys, right. you draft the stuff up and walk people through it. But it's got to be just like we talk about the estate planning. The business planning is the same thing. It's not a guy that changes ambulances by day and does the business planning at night. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that does it day in and day out. Um, and that's what Steve does. <clears throat> How do you address the, the business owner that says, I got it taken care of in my will? Well, the you know the the business owner's personal estate plan uh, is a very important piece of the pie, almost universally. More so if it's like a sole proprietorship. So it's I mean it could it could be a profitable company, but it's just you know this gentleman who runs the company, and it's sort of transparent from a entity standpoint. It's just yep, it's a sole proprietorship. So um, in that case, you would want to make very sure that that person's estate plan. Um, left clear clear instructions about what was supposed to happen in the event of, of of his death, and obviously we have different problems if it's one gentleman who's maybe like personally running a freight service versus a gentleman who has twenty employees. Um, this changes the complexity of the situation. Could it be sufficient enough though, in some cases, an estate plan to handle that guy's business? In some cases. And the estate plan without a business yeah. document? Just the estate plan. So some people who run their business as a sole proprietorship without a tax ID number, especially if you have very few employees, maybe it's not a very well-capitalized operation, it's just service providing. Um, often in those circumstances, the most valuable asset of the business is the client list, really. Yeah. Um, and so just leaving clear directions about how that's supposed to be wound up or sold if possible. Um, I, you know, I have some small businesses that that kind of operate on that level. But it's, you know, like we said, it's not a one-size-fit-all, and everyone's situation is different. But family dynamics, boy, if it's a family company of any size, three people or it could be 30, 40, 50 people, uh, 
family dynamics come into play in almost every family business. Yeah, most of them were, were counselors and, and psychologists along with being advisors. And, uh, well, yeah. Take the, documents. the Kowal Investment Group. Mm-hmm. Aaron's involved. Yep. You're involved. And, um, and we've got a lot of key people, too. Yeah. And we have to make sure our documents are in order to make sure a smooth transition if something does happen to me or to Aaron or anybody. Hey, before we take our next break, i got a question for you, Steve. In all, in all candid honesty, mm-hmm. how many business owners are not properly prepared I, I don't know if this is a if you have hard numbers on this but over half under half my sense is probably at least half obviously i tend to come in on the back end of the situations that are the messier ones and so i have uh, seen the results of not planning of not having of a not having it in there but it's i think we we hit it on the head earlier where folks get very wrapped up in running their business and yep. this type of planning falls by the wayside and so it's an easy thing to put off until you can't put it off anymore. Yeah. So uh, th- there's unfortunately a lot of very successful business owners who would benefit from having this type of, of, of planning in place who just haven't gotten around to it for whatever reason at this point. Almost like the, like we said, the estate or the trust, you know, just kind of push it off, push it off. And someday we'll get to it. Uh, but right now we don't need it until something happens. That's right. right. Yep. Well, uh, after the break, Jeff, if people do have questions on that business side of sure. things, but also on a personal level, that's right. The estate plan, the trust. In our sexy segment, now I know this whole show is a sexy segment, but the, after a sexy segment, we're going to talk about the old documents. You know, the, the current estate tax uh, exemption is pretty high. We're going to talk about that and what happens with old documents that really handcuff you and you're strapped to those old documents. How do you undo them? So let's do that after the break. And if you think that's exciting, just wait. <laughs> that's all ahead of us. That's right. That's that's quite the tease, Jeff. Uh, that's coming up next after the break. I want to give out your website. Just, you know, people hear this and they want to contact you or talk to attorney Steve Lasky. Uh, they can go through your office, Jeff, the com, or call the Waukesha office. And yeah. that number is 262-522-4040. Uh, also, it in, in, uh, in works in Middleton and, and Phoenix and all over, 877-560-4040. And I want to get, let Steve give a little plug for his firm, too. Uh, uh, your phone number's there? Sure. Our phone number is 414-276-4366. That's the main line, and it'll get you through to one of our attorneys. Um, and our website is www.lawmwc.com. And you're located in Milwaukee and Racine? Yep, we have a we have a office downtown Milwaukee on Kilbourne and Broadway, and then in Racine, it's Mount Pleasant technically, oh, yeah. on uh, Highway 20. Foxconn yeah. territory. That's it's right, right so. down the block from our new office, so it's going to be great. Oh, that's right. You, and your new office will be open, Jeff, in Racine. Do we know? Well, when? We're hoping, no. I mean, they, they're, they're fighting with the city about some remodeling stuff, so we're, so we'll we're, let our we're targeting know. around February 1st. Oh, okay. So not that far off then. No. Of 2019, right? Yes. Okay. Of course. Uh, <laughs> we'll take a quick break. And of course, we'll update the listeners when that office closes. For now, check out the koalway.com. Oh, opens. opens when you open. <laughs> the koalway.com. Okay, quick break. The sexy segment coming up next as we talk about wealth management and preservation. And also, if you've got questions for Jeff Kowal or our guest attorney, Steve Lasky, we have phone lines open at WISN and WIBA. That number is... Seven nine nine eleven thirty. WISM Milwaukee, WIBA Madison. The Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back.
What does that music mean? Here on the Retirement Clinic, WIBA Madison, WISM Milwaukee, welcome back. Jeff Kowal is here with our guest attorney, Steve Lasky. We've been talking estate plans. We've been talking about businesses and their secession plans. Jeff, in this segment called The Sexy Segment. Right. This show is generally for everybody, and this segment is for those with a million dollars or more. Today, we've been talking about uh, people generally uh, throughout that had more than a million dollars. But there is an issue that came up about 10 years ago. The federal estate tax exemption amounts were at... Uh, I mean, we're at a historic highs now, uh, uh, $11.4 million for 2019, double that's $22 million exemption from estate taxes. And so I wanted to talk to Steve and have Steve be our sexy segment for, for today, Paul. Uh, clearly he is. And, and why you can talk to us about what the issues are with regard to old credit shelter trusts and things that you see. A real general high-level overview concerning the estate tax and how the estate tax has worked over time. Right. Um, once upon a time, Wisconsin, uh, so those of us who are uh, probably listening to this as Wisconsin residents, uh, Wisconsin used to impose an estate tax on the estates of Wisconsin residents if your estate went over a certain number. Um, many years ago, also, the federal estate tax exemption amounts were much lower, so you had to have less um, lower taxable values of, of estates um, to uh, be subject to the federal estate tax. And so what this led to is uh, for, for married couples, if you were going to engage in a trust-based estate plan, um, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, uh, we would often include provisions in the trust documents to create something uh, at the death of the first spouse to die right. called a credit shelter trust or an AB trust. And the idea was, without going into too much kind of boring detail, if, if a spouse died, we would take some of the couple's wealth and, and place it into this credit shelter trust as basically a way to mitigate the estate tax. So we're taking advantage of both spouses' right. individual estate tax exemption amounts. Hence the name credit shelter. You're trying to shelter that six as that you know for a long time was six hundred fifty thousand dollars was the credit, and you wanted to maximize that. Right. So what we are finding with the estate tax exemption amounts ballooning, um, and continuing to schedule to do that for a number of years yet, um, we have folks coming in uh, who unfortunately lost a spouse maybe in the 90s or the early 2000s when the estate tax climate was less favorable. And so these credit shelter trusts were funded. Now, the the the, the rub on these credit shelter trusts is that they become irrevocable, so not changeable at, at the time the they're funded. So they, they achieved a very good estate tax advantage, but we have some less flexibility um, that's how we pay for that, you know, at the, right. that's how the planning worked. So something that's kind of interestingly happened with the estate tax exemption ballooning is now when we're uh, doing tax planning for high net worth folks, we are maybe a little bit less concerned with the estate tax and maybe a little bit more concerned with uh, capital gains tax. Okay. So let's say we had a client, we had a husband died in the year 2000 and we put $600,000 in a credit shelter trust, and it's been invested, um, hopefully, wisely and growing, and now we have, 
you know, who knows, $850,000, $900,000 in, in investable assets, there's a good amount of uh, capital appreciation. So right. it's, we, we've grown the pot of money. So that 600 k turned into, like you said, whatever. Let's say 800 It's grown over the years. Well, Capital gains? So now some of the, well, the, the gain is going to be subject to uh, capital gains tax on the, on the capital right. assets if sold. However, there's also uh, an aspect of um, the law that says that if I hold a capital asset when I die, no matter what I paid for it, my, what my basis is in right. it, um, if I leave it uh, to, let's say, my son, um, his basis when he gets it from me is going to be the fair market value of the asset on the day I passed away. It's called the step up in basis. Right. So holding an asset in your name or personally and then leaving it at death um, uh, will operate to reduce capital gains tax. Wipes out the gain. Right. So something that I could have sold the day before I died and paid a lot of tax on, he can sell three days after right. I die and pay no tax on. Wow. Um, Step so up in thousands basis. Thousands and thousands of dollars of yeah. difference. So it's a powerful tool. But the unfortunately, those that money that's held in these credit shelter trusts, which are um, – not not changeable by their terms. Right, irrevocable. Um, that's that's already passed at death, the death of the, in this case, our example, the husband. So there's not going to be any further step up in basis. Um, and, and historically, we were content to um, make that trade-off because the estate tax, if you were going to be subject to it, is uh, very high rates, floating between 40 and 50%. Historically. Right, so if you could shelter some of it, you were right. trying to do that. But now... Um, so it's let's say the surviving spouse, the wife, let's say her net worth is even $3 million, something like that. That's a good amount of money, yep. um, but not anywhere near the point where we're worried about incurring an estate tax when she dies. So if we can bring that money in the credit shelter trust back into her taxable estate, um, we can, you know, we're getting rid of the estate tax protection, but we're not worried about that with her level right. of wealth. But we're reintroducing the ability to get the step up in basis when she passes away to mitigate the credit shelter trust. So how do we or mitigate the capital gains tax? Right. What is the capital gains tax right now? The uh, It depends right. on uh, is it long term, short term? and right. uh, On your income overall, tax. Overall. Yep. Yeah. So it could be 10 percent, could be as high as your ordinary or close to 20 percent. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's it, the rates are not as extreme as the estate tax rate, right. but they're still you're still paying taxes. So not good. So what we can do is we can um, leverage uh, some of the provisions of the state statutes, the trust code that Wisconsin adopted in the last couple of years, a uh, few years at this point, actually, um, to uh, to leverage those tools. To be able to, to, to does it, do you have to go to court to do that? Sometimes that's probably the preferable way to do it. Sometimes we can do it with a non-judicial settlement agreement. But um, um, I usually I default to wanting to go to court because then we just have that official judicial seal. Yep. We're saving a ton of money so by if, doing this. So. Yeah. So if you look at what what in fact just to summarize it, if you have any of the old, if you have old documents that have the old credit shelter trust, now the estate tax exemption is over eleven million dollars. So if your estate is less than eleven million dollars now, it may be worth it to go back and relook at those other ones. Contact us, contact Steve, and just take a look to see if there's something that you can do. Man, this is why attorneys do this. Oh stuff. yeah. <laughs> And Steve knows what he's doing yeah, too. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it can well, it can save literally thousands of dollars, like literally we talked about. Yep. Yeah, um, very good stuff. Uh, that's our sexy segment. Anytime you save money, it's sexy, Jeff. Oh, you bet.
Um, <laughs> make it or save it. Either way is good. Or make it at two. Same thing. Hey, quick break on WISN and WIBA. It's the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, president of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Our guest is attorney Steve Lasky, and we'll be right back. Oh, more Clapton. I think our guest, attorney Steve That's Lasky, it. picked out the music today. Guitar player. Can't go yet, and, yep. you, and you play guitar, so you can't get any better than Clapton. Can't get better than Clapton. That's no, right. No, no. Well, Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> I've got my... <laughs> He's got my favorites, <laughs> but he has passed on. So you still listen to his great music, though. Uh, Jeff, in the time we have left, boy, first off, we covered a lot of territory today. Yep. Estate planning issues. We talked about business and their plans or secession plans as well. What's left? Steve, uh, I don't need a trust. I've got under $11.4 million or as a couple under $22 million. Do I still need a trust? You may need a trust. Whether or not you need a trust often is not necessarily tied in level of net wealth. It's Very more good. tied yeah. to what you want to see happen and how complex your picture is in terms of your wishes. You can have a very wealthy individual who wants to leave everything to an adult child who is old enough and responsible enough and capable enough um, to inherit, and we can do something very, very simple, maybe even with beneficiary designations in, uh, to a- achieve an estate plan. I'm glad you brought that up because earlier I was going to ask you, trust doesn't necessarily mean it's only for the wealthy. Right. That need a trust or a will. That's right. And conversely, we could have someone of a little bit more modest means, but maybe they want to leave um, all of their money to a combination of 30 different charities, for example. Sure. Um, keeping that type of thing maybe outside of probate, uh, using a trust-based solution to allow a trustee to handle that those transitions smoothly can be a very good answer. So it, generally speaking, if, if probate avoidance is important to you, you're going to want to at least look at a trust-based solution uh, to your estate plan. Uh, and then the more complicated your wishes are. Also, young kids, if you are the parent of a minor child, either a will with a testamentary trust or a standalone trust um, is is going to be for sure what you want. If something happens kids, yeah. to you, who gets the kids, right? Who's yeah, who's in charge? The whole, the whole piece. So Man. Wisconsin is a marital property state. We're, we're mostly worried about what happens if, if you happen to be married to both of you, but still um, the default rules are not going to be what you want as the parent of a minor child. So you're really going to want to put an estate plan in place. Steve Lasky, great attorney. He's with um, Myrtle Wilkins and Campbell. Uh, his phone number is 414-276-4366. The receiving office is 262-321-7544. What's that website again? www.lawmwc.com. Good stuff today. Yeah, a lot good of, for a lot good of guy. info. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. That's right. And if you, you know, of course, the koalway.com, that's the best way to get a hold of us. If you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets or close to already in retirement and serious about your planning, don't wait. This is a great time to do it. End of the year, while we're wrapping things up for the year, great time to give our office a call at uh, in in uh, WIBA listeners, WISN listeners, 877-560-4040, 877-560-4040 or 
Uh, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we got to mention social media more often. That's right. So you got you to connect with us there and like us there. And again, the Kowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. Yeah, when Aaron does the show, you old guys always forget to mention the social media. That's Don't right. forget that. Yes, you are on all of that. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Remember, the thekowalway.com. Jeff, have a good weekend. Thanks, you too, Paul. And thanks for tuning in to WISN and WA for the Retirement Clinic. We'll see you next week.